Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Last time, the three of you refused to be rattled by the condemnation notice issued against the studio, opting instead to focus on your continued investigations into the Cabal. Constance and Stan built some listening devices and deployed members of the Daylight Society to bug Chief Stoney and Jorgen Eklund. Listening in on their conversations, you learned that Augie and co. planned to shatter one of the seals of magic and have allied with Prairie and Moriarty in service of that goal. J.R. and Pax had a tete-a-tete in the studio to settle the score between them. Pax revealed that they had been pursuing J.R. on the orders of their superiors in the Unnatural Order, a secret society dedicated to the protection of humanity against magic, currently operating under the moniker of the Bureau of Aberrant Events. When they realized it was Augie behind the Getty heist, however, they alerted their superiors, though the alarm fell on deaf ears. Now Pax has gone rogue in their efforts to thwart the Cabal. And an argument broke out between the siblings' hues as Sarah and Alvin prepared to infiltrate the mayor's office for a second time. Sarah confessed that not only could she feel the presence of magic growing, but that she wasn't sure it was actually a bad thing. That maybe magic was what the Hughes family had been missing for generations. That situation was unresolved as the two of you prepared to leave the studio. I think we're going to continue with Alvin and pick up as you go to confront, investigate, bug, uh, you're doing something at the mayor's office with the mayor pro tem. Awoo! <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your and Sarah's plan here. You have one of Constance's listening devices. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? What's the play? Boy, that's a great question. I think, honestly, in Alvin's mind, they've done this before, where they were able to gain access to the office. And so in his mind, is like, well, we'll just do that again. Okay, so you are just, you're marching, once again, marching into the mayor's office, demanding to speak to the mayor? The other opportunity is we could go with the two Hughes tech news again. We got tech news, we got a VR, it's going to put Furman on the map. We got this VR release coming up, and we want to know what the local politicians are going to do about it. What are their opinions on the tax rates for Imagine Labs? Boom. There we go. (laughs) Okay, so which option are you pursuing here? I think the two Hughes tech news might be the opening offer because I am here with Sarah and we've got this whole this whole gambit set up. All right. So you and Sarah march into City Hall and head up to the same receptionist who you harangued last time. Still little- and uh, I think they, they get one look at you and they're like, OK, sir. If you have a problem with the water easement on your property, you're going to need to you're going to need to go down to the public works building. The new mayor pro tem is extremely busy and doesn't have time to do meetings right now. He's he's getting up to speed. He's he's taking the reins of the municipal government and guiding us through this you know very important and critical time for the city of Firmament. And we just don't I have time for, for the water easement about, issues. Listen, the water easement is still an issue, and we've forwarded a, a ton of messages to that department. But you know that some of these departments are a little. It just doesn't really respond to mess. So that's ongoing, but that's not why I'm here. No, we're here for legitimate journalistic endeavors. We are Two Hughes Tech News, a respected tech journal, and we are here to interview the mayor. 
pro tem. Did you set up an uh, interview with the communications department? I don't see you on the mayor's schedule. We talked about oh, this yeah, last time. Just, Scheduling is, is well, important. It's listen, kind of my whole in job. Today's, in today's news, <laughs> news goes fast. So you got to get there and capture the scoop, get the story. Now, we don't need a, no we don't necessarily need a formal scheduled interview that is okay. We can just capture the mayor as they as I'm sorry, they did you say their, you wanted to capture the bearings. mayor? Yeah, on <laughs> on film, Sarah. Uh, yeah, um, you know, on a, a capture on a video camera. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, my brother gets very excited about the prospects of interviewing someone who's who's so close to the the excitement of all of this VR unveiling. You know, it's 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 going to really put firmament on the map. It's going to put firmament on the map. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. We are documenting as much as we can about the life here in Firmament, and there's a very unique situation here at City Hall going on where the mayor is now a senator, and there's a mayor pro tem who is getting used to the reins of government, as you said. And what better way to get their goodwill out to the people than to have journalists present and documenting every step of the mayor pro tem as they seize control and direct Firmament into the future? Give me a roll to manipulate someone. Oh, boy. Uh... Son of a... Oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah, it's a four. <laughs> Mark experience. Yep, Mark experience. Look, Alvin's not good at lobbying. Let's be clear. <laughs> um, Mr. Hughes goes to Washington. <laughs> Mr. Hughes goes to local municipal city hall. Mr. Hughes goes to city dog hall. shit on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hughes doesn't get through the front door. So this administrative assistant, who probably... Yeah, this is the second time we've met them. They deserve a name. Let's yeah. get a Twitter name. Let's get them on the Let's NPC get a Twitter list. name here. Let's go with Phoebe at Wonderful yeah. Bike on Twitter. Thank you, Phoebe, for tweeting about the show. Yeah. Woo-hoo. You notice that they have a little name tag that says like Phoebe, administrative assistant to the mayor. She, they pronounce. Perfect. Thank you, Phoebe. Now Alvin will pr- put you on blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try to get into the maze up. Phoebes. Phoebes. <laughs> So Phoebe looks at you and her eyes are just like very narrow because the second time that you've come in without an appointment demanding to see the mayor (laughs) and she looks at you and says, this one's really out of my hands. You know, if the comms department heard that I let you into interview with the mayor without checking with them, I could lose my job. I'm I'm sorry. I just I can't let you back there. I have Sarah start recording on the camera. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. She gives you a quizzical look, but does. We will film the entire process. This is an important, you know, I've got a friend who is working on a new app, a new scheduling app that makes this sort of thing a lot easier for for fine journalists like ourselves. This is a good story on the the hurdles and trials that you must go through to just see the mayor face to face. Sir, you could have called ahead at any point us. and we could have gotten this taken care of. You you chose to show up without an appointment. Phone lines are old and outdated. Nobody uses their phone to call anymore. Could also send an email. I believe the comms department is pretty <laughs> responsive on Twitter. There were options available to you, sir. Sarah, you cut that part out, okay? <laughs> it doesn't really vie with my righteous fury here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to get past Phoebe without making a real big mess. Yeah, you, you will have to do something else. Phoebe is not going to just let you let you go back. Okay. I think I, I have to leave in a huff here from this receptionist. Regroup outside. Okay. You storm off away from uh, Phoebe who says, sir, would you like a card so you can call next time? We could actually I'd get you in back. to see the mayor. 
I storm back in a huff and say, this will be very helpful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a pleasant day. <laughs> I storm out and I'm outside town hall. I, you gave us a description of what the exterior of the mayor's office was previously, I think, because we jumped out the window that way. I, I think the exterior of City Hall, it's not just the mayor's office. The mayor's office is like on the fourth floor of, of City Hall, yeah. which holds you know most of the municipal government although i think we established that public works is like down the street or something but yeah. it's a it's a relatively new building so it's not sort of like the brutalist architecture that i think a lot of small to mid-sized towns city halls are it's a little bit more mm-hmm. modern a little bit more like nice glass it looks a little sort of business oriented like business park-esque but mm-hmm. you know generally it's a a pretty nice building. There's some, you know, facade modulations uh, around the sides that I think you could theoretically use to attempt to scale the exterior, if that's your mm-hmm. your speed. Uh, <laughs> and I do think that it abuts a park, which is how you uh, got away last time. <laughs> what do you do? First thing, while I'm looking at things, I'm going to call Phoebe. <laughs> call the number on the card. Uh, City Firmament Mayor's Office, how may I help you? Hello, this is Alvin from Two Hughes Tech News. I was just calling curious if I could set up an appointment for an interview with the mayor, please. Yes, Mr. Hughes, when would you like to interview the mayor? At the earliest convenience would be great. We're hoping to get an interview out in the press for our publication about the upcoming Imagine Labs unveiling, which is in, I believe, three days. I'm just looking at the mayor's schedule and I'm not seeing a lot of availability. Perhaps next week sometime? That is unfortunate. I suppose in, in lieu of a proper interview before we release our publication, it might be nice to get some some press photos, things like that. I presume the mayor's official schedule is public? Yes, it is. I can provide you a copy. Yes, if you could just uh, forward that to alvin.hughes at yahoo.com. <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, That's my pen name. Oh, I will send that right away. Thank you very much. You've been a, a tremendous help. You're very welcome, Mr. Hughes. Now, on that on that schedule, I know you are you're going to send that, but I'm curious, is the mayor doing any pressers today? Or is he busy in his office? The mayor doesn't have any press availabilities today. He's meeting with several city department heads to get up to speed on the work that they're doing. He has a meeting with one of the council members, a meeting with staff to go over the budget, as well as a handful of stakeholder meetings, and then some scheduled work time at his desk. Poor busy guy. <laughs> he has a lot to get up to speed on. Firmament? Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've been a a, a tremendous help. I will talk to you later. I hope not. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, so he is probably there. So busting in the window, not a great idea. I'd rather rather not just jump in and be like, hey, Jim, hi. Um, Alvin's going to climb a tree nearby and just try to take a peek in the window. Classic Alvin. <laughs> Love it. Sure. Give me a roll to Trying act to under pressure uh, to do yeah, this surreptitiously uh, without being noticed by someone. Okay. Acting under pressure. Fuck me. I'm so bad at this. That's a four. <laughs> oh my God, Alvin. I'm good at one thing. So you make it up this tree just fine, and you have a view into the mayor's office, and I think you can see a few people standing there. You don't get a great look, unfortunately, because as you are creeping out on this branch to try to Mm -hmm. get a better look, it snaps. And in a huge commotion, Ah! 
there's a lot of branches breaking and and leaves fluttering and a loud thud as you hit the ground. And I think two things happen. The first is that the security guard uh, outside City Hall jogs around to the back and sees you (laughs) and shouts, hey, what are you doing? Public property. And further up, you see the mayor's office window open. (laughs) And the face of Jim Moriarty appear. And he leans out and looks down at you, sprawled out on the ground, smiles, and shouts down to the security guard, could you escort this individual off of the City of Firmament grounds? I believe he was trying to spy on me. And the security guard starts advancing towards you, Alvin. That's heresy. I was just climbing public tree. It's not illegal. It's fine. And I'm getting up and I need to leave. Okay. <laughs> it's a bad place to be. Are you running away from the security guard? Yeah, I got to run away from the security guard. Okay. I don't think this person is pursuing you, you know, with great zeal. Disappear They're into just the shooing you off, off the property. The property. <laughs> so yeah. we yeah. see you and Sarah run through this small park <laughs> and disappear away from City Hall. JR. Yes. You wanted to go have a conversation with Chief Stoney. Yeah. So I don't want to go to this alone, but I don't want Stoney to know that I've got somebody else with me. So I'm going with somebody else, but they are staying out of sight. And I think I want Pax to be the person who's uh, who's coming along with me. Okay, so Pax is going to join you and uh, stay out of sight. Yes. How are you contacting Stoney and, and where are you setting this meetup? You know, I'm probably just sending a text. What do you send in the text message? Something like, back in town, let's catch up. And I think we're going to meet at that bench that we've met that kind of like overlooks firmament. And then I'm going to take Black Beauty there. And Black Beauty has tinted windows because I own it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want anybody to perceive me when I'm driving. And I'm not armed, but I'm guessing they are in case I don't know Stony decides to throw me off of the outlook going up to Cathedral Peak. Yeah. Uh so before we get into this JR, you send that text message sure. and you get one back from Stony that says glad you're back. Is it urgent? Things are a little busy right now. And JR, I need you to roll friends on the force because you get the distinct impression that Chief Stoney is trying to put you off. I don't know how I'd get that. Okay. It's an eight. So friends on the force isn't act under pressure. So on a seven to nine, I will give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. I think the worse outcome and hard choice is you get a response back that says, don't have time to go all the way across town to Cathedral Peak today. I can either meet you there tomorrow or you can come into the station. Fuck. So those are your two options. You'll either have to meet Chief Stoney at the police station or wait a day to arrange a meeting elsewhere. Here is my proposal. I will meet him literally right outside the station. I'm not going inside that building. There's a lot of bad memories there. I think Stoney agrees to that. It's not like he's demanding you come into the station. It's just like, he will not go all the way across town to meet you. The level of disrespect here is far too high. 
Again, I am going to have Pax in Black Beauty with like something to observe what's going on as backup. Okay, so you and Pax arrive at the police station. I think it's you know probably around five o'clock at this point. Also, to set the scene, I'm wearing this fucking amazing trench coat. Like, it looks so, so good. This is <laughs> nice. great. Like, this is like London Fog number. Man, I look really, really good in it. Continue. You arrive and Pax parks out of sight. They get all situated and you see Chief Stoney walk out of the police station and just kind of stands at the, the sidewalk out front looking around. Okay, I go walking up. Stoney. JR. Glad you're back. Yeah, me too. Uh, learned a lot about things, myself, the world. Uh, answered a lot of questions. What's in the basement of the lab? Jer, I think I'm going to have you roll to investigate a mystery here. Okay. Because Weird. <laughs> you're trying to get information out of him and, and you're kind of playing a little bit of a, a game of cat and mouse. We did this once before with Constance and her mother. Um, so I'm going to have you roll investigate a mystery. That is an 11. On a 10 plus, hold two. And also, JR, I think I'm going to open up the spy games questions for you. Ooh, uh, so those again days? are, what can it do? What is going to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? Who is really in control here? Or, well, what is being concealed here is already an investigated mystery question. Let's go with what is being concealed here. I think Stony eyes you for a moment as you ask this very sort of direct and, and pointed question. Mm-hmm. And after several long seconds, responds... JR, like I told you before, some of the folks at the CNL lab, they're working on a way to fix all the the supernatural bullshit that's wrong with this town. Further out from this town, as best as I can tell. And a lot of that stuff is down in the basements of the labs, in the lower sections. Hmm. Well, that was not terribly helpful. Um... My second question, and then, Quinn, I have some follow-up statements, conversation, <laughs> sure. s- things. You can also hold, like, they're hold, so you can hold on to them and, and sort of play this conversation out and then ask questions uh, okay, as you want. Okay, let's do uh, that. Let's do that. So, uh, let's see. I've got, um, I pull out my, my printed out bullet point. No, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here are the things that I need to communicate to Stoney. Here is how I'm going to do so. Here is the expected outcome. No, not that. I've written a letter um, that I'm going to read to you now. Okay. <laughs> Your actions have affected me in the following ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I, I look at him and I go, if you break that thing down in the basement, it's not going to solve all the supernatural. It will only make things worse. That's what they want to do. They want, they're telling you that you should break that thing, aren't they? Now, you say that, JR, but I've seen what can happen, what it can do. You never thought there was going to be a consequence to making a promise with an entity that isn't human? Have you never read any goddamn fairy tales growing up? I don't know. Maybe the Stony household was big on other stories. But you seriously thought there was never going to be a price to pay for magic. There is always 
a price to pay. And I hold up my hand where it's got the burn in it from the key. Stony, there is always a price to pay. There's a price to pay because things are out of balance. Because it can't be controlled because it's wild. That won't be the case for much longer. Ah, damn. Ooh. I would like to, at this point, ask, who should I be on the lookout for? What should I be on the lookout for? I think in the context of this conversation, and particularly what Stoney just disclosed, you should be on the lookout for someone or something that has the ability to fully control magic. Oofa doofa. Ooh. Okay, well, this is, this is, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this plays out as we kind of reach the end game. But I, I do want to say that I feel like this is, at least at this point, our personal relationship is, uh, at a bit of a, a bit of a breaking point. And I look at Stony and I go, so they're telling you they're going to get rid of all magic or they're going to give you magic so you can control it? We're going to fix what was broken. What's been broken for a long time. Ah, oh, Stony. It I might mean, be messy, it. but it's going to be worth it. I know you want to believe that so much, but there's no magic powerful in this world to stop death and to keep the people we love here forever. I just hope you remember when this goes off that I am on your side. But I wouldn't trust anything those people would tell you. Everything has a price, Stony. Everything. And I walk away. I think he turns and starts walking away. And then he turns around and calls back to you. Don't don't try to stop at JR. It's only going to be worse if you do. Hey, Stoney, why don't you fuck off? Yep. All right. And he turns around and heads back into the station. Oh, no, I'm going to have to do so much journaling tonight. Oh, chairs, like just in a lot of emotional pain right now. <sighs> now he knows that you know. <laughs> he knows that, yeah. We have completed... Everyone knows yes, that everyone knows that everyone knows that everyone knows that everyone knows that everyone knows. <laughs> the circle of noses. JR, did you want to debrief with Pax at all or is, is that the scene? I think as we're driving back, I let them know that Stoney's no longer on our side. Stoney is going to try and make this thing happen. You know, I get it. I get it. Death is very sad and he clearly loves his wife. But he either doesn't fully understand what the consequences are going to be, or he just doesn't care. I think it's probably the latter, and that makes it a bit more dangerous. He has decided that his personal wishes, again, understandable, are more important than, oh, I don't know, the fate of the rest of the world. And at this point, I'm just like full on ranting. Like I'm driving, <laughs> like I'm going a little bit too fast, and I'm just really mad. Then I also start crying at the same time because I'm really upset about this. And also, I don't like having to care about other people. Like, JR's been on her own for a long time. This is a lot of emotions. And, like, I screech to a stop in front of the studio. And I am a mess. 
JR, I know we have a strange relationship, but I am sorry. Thank you. That means a lot. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in for the drama that is episode 53 of Monster Hour. It turns out the real monster really was the friends we made along the way. Oops. I want to tell you all about some major updates that we made to our Patreon this month, but for that to make sense, first I have to share a little bit of personal news. My wife and I are expecting a kiddo come early November. Obviously, this is amazing and exciting. Uh, we are over the moon and only a little bit terrified. Uh, but it does mean that my life is going to change pretty pretty wildly here in the next couple of months. So in anticipation of that, and also you know, taking some of the lessons we've learned over the past year of running this Patreon, we are making some, some pretty big updates to our tiers and goals that I want to tell you all about. There's a public post over on our Patreon with all the details, but just to give you sort of a sampling, it includes a new rotating merch line fulfilled by Patreon, uh, starting with an absolutely sick Daylight Society t-shirt designed by Kyle, new perks for the Real Monster tier, that's our $50 tier, uh, and a whole lot more. It also does include some resetting of our goals and content lineup as well. We bid farewell to our mini campaign goals and tier, and we're restructuring other perks to help streamline the delivery for us. These changes will help us really focus in on delivering the bonus content that you all enjoy. Content like our latest NPC backstory episode starring the inimitable Cap from Shrimp and Crits as Dorian in a Victorian-era London adventure. We also have a new goal for our Patreon, and it's an important one, folks. At $250 a month, we will be able to hire an editor to help with the production of the show. We really pride ourselves on the production value of Monster Hour, but it takes a lot of time to achieve. Time that I'm just not going to have here in a few short months. Hiring an editor will help us maintain the quality of the show once I welcome a new little monster into the world. So, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of Monster Hour, I hope you'll consider joining our Patreon, or if you're already supporting us, bumping up to the next tier level to help us meet this goal. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash monsterhour, or by following the link in the show notes. With all that taken care of, our spooky spotlight this week is Dungeons & Pop, an actual play podcast running a series of pop culture-focused campaigns. In a world with many podcasts pilfering dungeons and slaying dragons, there is one where heroes come in many shapes and sizes. Small and large, guests and regulars. Their challenges vary from world to world as it touches many realms. From a world reaching the breaking point, to another where adventurers find the attitude to claim the power inside and save the day. To yet another where fiction has breached the walls of reality. Dungeons and Pop is a tabletop variety podcast which showcases pop culture in formats both in-game and out. We release alternating arcs and segments every Wednesday morning and can be found at dungeonsandpop.podbean.com and on the Cast Junkie Discord server. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 54 of Monster Hour on July 20th. See you then. Constance. 
You and Georgiana are headed towards the long-awaited, much-anticipated reunion slash confrontation with your mother. What's the plan here? How, how have you set this up? Georgiana is very genuinely there to connect with her sister, but also is serving as the distraction so that Constance can bug the house and bug Magdalena's things. I think if there was ever a way, a time and a way that Magdalena would be frazzled enough to not notice Constance rifling through her stuff, it's because her sister showed up, right? So definitely, Georgiana is the distraction and is genuine about it. Like she doesn't have to pretend. She really legitimately wants to reconnect with her sister. She just also knows that that's part of a larger goal. So, so that is kind of the plan. So when you arranged this meetup with your mother, how did you bill this? Did you book it as, I'm bringing Georgiana home, like I said I would, and now it's time? No. Or are you just like, I need to see you? Element of surprise is great. Like She knows theoretically Georgiana's here, but I don't know if she believes that. So no, Constance is not going to let her mom be prepared for what's happening. So Constance is just going to say, I really need to see you. I would prefer if you are both there at the house we can have dinner and discuss some things. I think she also plans to kind of play it like she shows up with Georgiana. She says, I did what I told you I would do. I'm going to give you all some space. And then that way she doesn't have to be there in the room and she can go off in her own, (laughs) her her own tasks for the day. (laughs) (laughs) I think the response that you get back from your mother is, dear, I'm extremely busy right now. This is not a great time. Uh, If you need to stop by and and discuss something, of course, but I I just don't have time to do dinner until maybe next week. Okay, great. Food doesn't need to be on the table. Let's be real. Takeout is fine. Constance swings by the local pizzeria and picks up a, a good margarita pizza. So you and Georgiana arrive at your mother's house. It is evening time and you head up and ring the doorbell. And after several moments, it opens and your mother is standing there. She looks at you and looks at the uncanny resemblance that the near twin image of you standing (laughs) next to you and her jaw drops. Hello, sister. And before we get into this scene, just a a note to the listeners here, to avoid me having to play two sides of a very long conversation, Tio is going to be playing both Constance and Georgiana in this scene. I'll try to have some sort of distinction between the two. (laughs) I'll do my best. Well, Constance is going to be doing a lot of snooping, probably not a lot of actual talking. (laughs) Georgiana looks at her smiles with like a smile that she used to give her sister a lot when she was like going to go do something mischievous. It's been quite a while, sister, and goes in for a straight hug. Magdalena is just in shock as you go in for this hug. (laughs) And for several seconds, she's just standing there almost starstruck before wrapping her arms around you, Georgiana. Doesn't say anything, but just kind of starts trembling. That pre-quiet cry, just like shudder, runs through her whole body. Georgiana can kind of sense that and pulls her in tighter. And then when she does finally kind of release and walk through the door in one swift motion, she's averting her eyes because she doesn't want Magdalena to see that she's got tears in her eyes too. 
she never really learned how to express emotion well because that's not something you necessarily do on an adventure as the hero too often. So she kind of like tries to wipe those away as she walks in the door. How? We have a lot to discuss and a lot to catch up on. I was I was hoping tonight could be the first of many talks. Of, of course, come inside, Georgie. Um, do you want some tea? I can make tea, oh. or uh, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't make any food, dear. Um, I I I wasn't Constance expecting. Constance strides up with the pizza and goes, "Not a problem." <laughs> I provided all you need. And then she kind of just like looks at her mom with a bit of a glimmer of of like watery tears in her own eyes and goes, I know this probably doesn't make up for a lifetime of disappointment, but uh, here's a good start. And like puts the pizza in her mom's hands, like kind of robotically moves her mom's hands to hold the pizza because she can tell her mom is in shock a little bit. I'm going to give you two some space and exit stage left. (laughs) I don't I don't think your mom says anything. She just kind of looks at you with utter bewilderment, just completely flabbergasted by this whole situation and, and nods as you walk off. Tio, do you want to play out your scene with Constance or your scene with Georgiana first? Let's do Constance first. Okay. Constance, you deliver this pizza to to your mother and Georgiana, who retire to the study, I think. What do you do? I go straight upstairs to where my mom keeps her purse, because I know that the moment I run into my dad, I'm going to be side railed. So I want to do the hardest thing first and then find him after. Constance, as you move further into your parents' house uh, and start to head upstairs to where your mom keeps her her purse, probably in the bedroom, I assume, I think you can hear your dad starting to make his way down the hall. So go ahead and give me a roll to act under pressure, which I think this is both being able to stay a step ahead of your dad, as well as how effective you are at placing these listening devices around the house and in the purse. Okay. Have you read about this sort of thing? It's kind of a moot point. I'll be (laughs) good either way. But I have (laughs) certainly read my own diaries enough to know how to derail my father when I'm trying to sneak upstairs. (laughs) Um, I think that's a life life experience for you. But uh, in terms of the listening devices themselves, I'm pretty sure that Constance has read, and this is her secret shame, she went to the spy museum in Mm -hmm. dc and was obsessed and so she went to the gift shop there and picked up uh, what she thought was a very cool elaborate book about espionage it was called i spy for dummies and it turns out that it was actually just about how to make your own i spy books it was completely unrelated and she awkwardly ended up having to pay a lot of extra money to ship espionage a women's history of hiding and concealing. And it is just a bunch of uh, ways that you can hide all sorts of poisons in lipsticks. Not entirely appropriate for this, but it does show you how to conceal things so that people don't recognize that they that something has been planted in their home. <laughs> and the and author. Who's the author? <laughs> 
<laughs> the author of this <laughs> this particular thing is actually Thomas Lyle Williams, the founder of Maybelline Cosmetics. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Very nice. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. Go ahead and give me a roll with plus sharp to act under pressure. Uh, and Alrighty. you can use whatever you got earlier. In that case, that is a solid 12. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Instead of 11. <laughs> so on a 10 plus, you accomplish what you set out to do. So how does this look as you stay one step ahead of your father in your house and very stealthily plant <laughs> all of these listening devices? As I hear my father coming, I like make a beeline for there's a grandfather clock right in the hallway, right as you are going to turn the corner to go up the stairs. And I go up to the grandfather clock and I hit a little pinpoint spot on the left hand side that stops the clock from ticking. I hit that and then I round the corner and head upstairs knowing that my father will not be able to handle the fact that the clock stopped again and goes and tries to fix it every time. It's just a fact <laughs> of life for him. Is this like the one thing he's really intense about? Because your, your father is a pretty like mellow dude in general, he's but it's like, is this the thing? Like the clock has this to be 100%. going? This is 100%. Okay. And for years, he cannot figure out why every once in a while, usually around 2 a.m. on a Friday night, it would just stop, especially like it had it hadn't happened as often since uh, I moved out. But it was so weird <laughs> that it just would happen randomly. So, yeah, every time it happens, it's like a pain in his heart. OK, so you avoid your father and then place the listening devices. Yeah, I place one in my mom's purse. And then while I'm at it, I creep uh, across the hall upstairs to my mom's like little office. She has an at home office thing mm -hmm. and place one there. And then I think I like make my way to the upstairs bathroom and just hang out there for a sec so that when my dad does eventually come upstairs, he sees me coming out of the bathroom. My dear, it's so lovely to see you. Hey, dad. And I give him a big old hug. Yeah, he gives you a big hug back. So good to see you. It's been too long, my dear. I know, I know. I'm I'm really sorry. It's been a lot's been going on. Um, yes. I don't know if if you caught wind of what's going on downstairs. I just came up here to kind of give them some space. Them? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know what mom has or hasn't told you about the conversations we've been having recently. I we don't even need to get into that. A long story short, I found Georgiana, and she's here downstairs with mom now. Your mother's sister? Yes. Your mother told me she passed away years ago. To be fair to mom, she probably thought she did. She disappeared, was likely considered dead. But she wasn't. This, and this is I found her. Amazing news, my dear. I, I can't believe that you found her. Yeah, I'm still processing it myself. Um, of course. But yeah, so I, I, she's here. She's downstairs. You can meet her. I just, I was giving her and mom some space. Yes. Because. I, I can only imagine yeah. how your mother must feel. Is she taking it all right? She's been, she's, <sighs> your mother has been very stressed about work. It's, it is weighing heavily upon her. I can imagine. Has she. What, what has she said to you about it? Because I have not really spoken to her because last time her and I talked, I told her that I had found Georgiana and that I, I was going to be bringing her by. We just needed to get some things sorted out. And for a lot of complicated reasons, that made our relationship 
even more strained than it already is. So I, I did hear I've been about keeping my distance. So I, I don't want to ask her outright, especially with everything else she has going on. I don't necessarily even want her to know that I'm asking. But can you just tell me h- how is the work stuff? What's What's happening? Well, there is some big project at the laboratory that she is working on. To be honest, my dear, some of the details are a, a bit over my my head. I don't have a sense for science and, and numbers, but I believe it has something to do with some virtual reality technology. The headset, I think. Yes, yes. One of her, her colleagues has some... Uh, I'm I'm sure it's it's quite nice, but I can only pretend to be so interested in uh, virtual reality headset. Who wants who wants virtual reality, dear? When you can live in the moment. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I I told I told your mother that, and she got she got pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, that was bold. Good for you. Uh, it it just sort of came out, my dear. You know how it is sometimes. The artist's soul can't be contained, and the mouth is <laughs> but a portal into the mind. Oh, I remember when you when you wrote that poem. Mm. Has Henry Kissinger's family contacted you recently? They were supposed no, to give no. you give you some credit for the fact that they used that in a speech, and it's definitely yours. Hmm, I am still waiting, but to be frank, my dear, I I don't care too terribly much about what the Kissingers think. I mean, yeah, they have their own problems. Um, have you tried it? Did did mom give you a demo hmm. of the Oh, no. of the headset? She hasn't brought one home. Yeah. How are you doing? And and do you two have any fun plans for after the launch? I, again, if I'm remembering right, I think it's in a couple of days, so the hard that work should be right, over yes. then. Have you have you talked about what you're doing afterward? Not yet. I I imagine we'll plan some sort of nice getaway. She she hasn't been in much of a mind to talk about that. Uh, we'll we'll work on something. I, my dear, have been working on my latest book of poems. Oh wow! I would love I would love to get a sneak peek. Yes, it's been uh, keeping me busy. Well, uh, your mother and you have been so busy. It's it's a good distraction, my dear. I'm so sorry that I haven't been around. And usually we have our our fun movie nights and our art walks. And I know you are. I, I'd busy, like to dear. get back to that. I would treasure that, my dear. I I know you also have a lot going on, though, and I don't want to impose. It's it's important that it's important that you have your own life to live. But yeah, I'm always here. Yeah, whenever you are feeling up for a movie, I would love that. I think uh, as soon as Mom's big project is sorted and dealt with, we should uh, we should get back to doing that. I mean, I don't know how long they are going to be in there, but do you want to pop one in now? You know, I I heard that they did a remastering of Reefer Madness with a Banksy forward. The Arts Alliance of New Mexico rated it the most jarringly confounding (laughs) piece of reworked propaganda of our times. Turning propaganda on its head? Outstanding. Exactly my thoughts. Let's enjoy. Aww. Aww. Let's jump over to... Magdalena and Georgiana. Georgiana, you are seated across from your sister, who is still sitting in relatively stunned silence, staring at you, dabbing away tears from her eyes. 
Georgiana sits down next to her sister and takes one of her sister's hands in hers and says, I know you must have a million questions for me, and I will happily answer all of them in time. But first, I have waited so long to hear about your life, to hear about what you have become, who you are. And I can't help but wonder if a part of who you are today is because of what happened to me. So please, tell me about your life. Tell me about this home, about Constance, about your husband, who I've heard of him from Constance, and just everything, your job, your who you are. I've... <laughs> it is hard for me to even imagine who I am at this moment, Georgiana. Um, I, I am, I work at the Colorado National Laboratory. I'm a scientist there. I've spent most of my life working on renewable energy, although I have a few new projects. The Colorado National Laboratory, I don't, I don't even know how much you, you know about what's going on. I, I don't know what he, I don't know what to tell you, dear. Um, the Colorado National Laboratory is one of the country's leading research institutions doing groundbreaking research. Victor, uh, you, I, I can go get him at, at some point. Uh, he is wonderful, thoughtful, caring, head, head in the clouds sometimes, but he, he's got such a beautiful mind. And I guess, I guess you did already meet your niece, my daughter, Constance. I, I suppose I owe her an apology. She said that you were alive, and I did not believe her. But it is true. Although, you also... How do you look the way you do? You're, t you're young. What happened to you? I believe it is probably my turn to tell you a little something. First of all, I'm so glad to hear that you found a good partner that reminds you to enjoy the fun things in life. <laughs> Glad to hear you're still a little bit of the uh, stickler for the rules and spoil sport you've always been. <laughs> that hasn't entirely changed. I suppose you're still the freewheeling devil make hair. I mean, someone in the family has to keep that mantle <laughs> and forgive me for this, but I suspect your daughter is doing a good job of that in in my absence and hmm. uh, our oh, mother's passing. You have no idea. I, I actually think I do a little bit. I'll, uh, I'll tell you more about that another time, but I'm so happy to hear that you have created this wonderful life for yourself, and I, I truly hope that my disappearance, while I'm sure it impacted your life, I'm glad to hear that it did not define it. That was one of my, my main worries all those years away, was that I was leaving a stain forever on our mother, on our father, on you. I didn't really have a choice, Magda. I assume you would have come back if you did have a choice. Yes. Um, our family, we're, we're involved in the, the magical elements of this world. The things that can't be explained by places like the laboratory. And I got caught up in that. I was... Of course you did. Well... 
Now let's, uh, I don't miss the judgment. Um, well, chasing out uh, after mother and father after they would go out on their monster hunts. Of course you got yes. caught up in it. That's what you wanted. Yes. Well, we all think we know what we want and how it'll work out. And we're often wrong. But I got caught up in it. I got hurt. I was attacked. I was about to die, Magda. I was... It was the end for me. It would have been the end for me, except through some sheer chance, luck, who knows, I encountered a being not of this world that had the power, the magic, I should say, to take me to another world where my wounds didn't kill me. I was able to live out my life in a kind of wish fulfillment. I had every adventure I wanted. It was all run in a magical realm. It was based on an agreement. That's why I look the way I do. That's where I was this whole time. And I don't want to tell her story for her, but your daughter ended up in that magical world. She found me there and she convinced me to come home. You know, I, I've heard a little bit from her about your relationship. I'm not going to pretend to know. I haven't been here. I don't know what it was like for you <laughs> raising a child. I don't, I don't know any of that. But what I do know is that facing an entire institution of magical beings that were telling your daughter that she was wrong and that she needed to leave, she stood up and she said, no, you will not be a coward and stay and remain here. You will come home. I was very honest that I was scared about that, that I didn't know if I would even survive. The magical being, Mr. Blue, my victor, <laughs> he, he was honest that he couldn't promise that I'd be okay. He was scared for me. And your daughter and her friends said, we'll figure it out. Trust us. <laughs> and I probably Sounds shouldn't exactly have. Like because. <laughs> But she delivered on her promise. I mean, she delivered and she also terrified the shit out of me because she murdered some... I'm you do sorry, not want to cross your daughter. What did she do? You do not want to cross your daughter. She murdered... She murdered someone? Quite a... F monsters. Oh. Your daughter is a force to be reckoned with, Magda, and I hope for your sake and for hers that you both... Find a way to have a better relationship because I am here today because of her. And I suspect that our world is a safer place because of her. And that, that makes me very happy. And I hope that with me back, we can start to build our own, our own relationship as adults as well. And I, I, would. I don't know, maybe go on a double date <laughs> at some point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. Georgie. Nice. Yes. I would. I would treasure that, dear. I have, I have missed you so much. And yes, clearly, Constance, I have not given her enough credit. I hope that soon we can all have a much better, safer relationship. I hope so, too. We can start by watching... I've been told there's a thing called Game of Thrones... Oh. And that I would enjoy it. Well, based on your experience with this magical realm, I think you might find it a bit dull, perhaps. Yes, yes. I've been told that I'll like it until I don't. 
and that it's a cultural <laughs> touch point that I should really be in the know on. And I'm trying. I've, I, I have homework, about three hours of YouTube every day. I'm catching up, but I would, I would, love, I would love for us to do that together. Yes, of course. This, you have come at a strange time, Georgie. These next couple days will be very busy for me, but after that, I look forward to reconnecting. And hopefully we can put all of this past that has plagued our family for years, that has kept us apart for so long, hopefully finally we can put that to rest and move forward. Yes, I, I hope we find a way to do that. Should I introduce you to Victor? Yes. I'm sure he is eager to meet you. Now, is this a clock man? Did you ever get over your clock man thing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. We both know you had a thing for the watchmaker in the town. (laughs) Victor has a fondness for clocks. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. If he has a mustache, I'm going to say you haven't changed a bit, Magda. Uh, Georgie, come. Let's go meet him. (laughs) 